time for you to step off the addiction roller coaster for good and learn a solution that works. Join addiction experts, hosts of the popular podcast, The Addiction Solution, and authors of the Freedom Model for Addictions, Mark Sharon and Michelle Dunbar, to learn a solution that will provide you and your loved one freedom from the addiction battle for good. It's called Families Moving Past Addiction Masterclass, and it's a live online exclusive event where you'll hear information about addiction we guarantee you've never heard before, and that's great news. If you love someone struggling with an addiction, then this masterclass is for you. For more information or to enroll, click the link provided and register soon for the date that works for you, because each class will be limited to just 50 participants so we can best serve you. Hi, all you wonderful podcast listeners. This is Michelle just reminding you that if you live here in the U.S., we're happy to ship you a free paperback copy of the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap. All you have to do is go to freebook.freedommodel.org. We ask that you just pay for shipping. If you live outside the U.S. and you want a free PDF, you can email me at info at thefreedommodel.org and I will send one to you. Thanks everyone for listening. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution. I'm Michelle Dunbar. I'm Mark Sharon, and we are the authors, along with Stephen Slate, with the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap. Michelle, and Michelle wrote the Freedom Model for the Family. All right. So, which is kind of a quick, like a but detailed overview of the Freedom Model and how different it is. So, if you're doing the Freedom Model, and well, we also have another option for your family members, and people are getting pissed at you because you're not going to meetings, um, you're not doing all the recovery things you used to do, and you're 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 ready to leave and move on with your life, but the family is scared for you. Uh, have them sign up for our families moving past addiction masterclass and get the freedom model for the family book, and uh, that will help everyone get on the same page. Yes, it will. So what we're going to talk about today is I had asked people to send us in some topics, right? And I got a couple topics and this one is particularly great because I'm not even sure we've ever actually done, uh, you know, we've touched on this, but I don't think we've ever done a full episode about it. Um, and here's what she said. She goes, I just had a thought of making a podcast episode about actually grieving your past life in recovery, in the recovery system. You know, everyone is in on it. Movies, shows, famous people. Doing the freedom model takes real courage. Leaving it behind has been kind of nostalgic for me. I don't know. You may have already done this. I haven't listened to all your episodes. I don't think we have. And then she and I had a conversation 
um, through messenger where, you know, we were just kind of lamenting about the different shows and what it made me think about was that it is true that when you are in recovery, you're kind of in this in group, you know, you're, you're, there's, there's all these celebrities doing podcasts about it. Everyone talking about, um, you know, being in recovery and how many years they've been sober and they kind of wear this like a badge of honor, like they've, you know, cured cancer or something. I mean, I, I, I it, it, to me, it's, it's a little bit strange to be celebrating, um, not living a lifestyle of getting, you know, drunk all the time. Yeah. Like you're like, it's, you're doing something that's courageous. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing. I'm going to, I'm going to back up a bit and talk about, um, human behavior. So it's really remarkable cults in general. Hmm. Um, I was, I was, I was going for a walk two days ago and right around the corner from my apartment is a Jehovah's witness. Oh, that's um, right. Temple or whatever they call it. And, and so I'm watching all of them. They, they had a service and they just, I happened to be going by the driveway at the time that they were pulling in and they were all, all the young men and women were in suits and dresses and very formal. And, um, I was in a religious cult on top of AA. Ironically, it's when I was suicidal, the worst, um, I was in a religious cult and I remember, I remember a weird thing happening. And that was that I was involved in this strange series of rituals and mm. rites. And, and as I was getting out of that cult and then entering the AA one deeply, but as I was leaving the religious one, which was really wacky and destructive and highly volatile and um, abusive towards women, I mean, and kids, it was really sick what I was involved in. And when I was leaving that one, that one was obviously not cool. Right. right. I mean, right. It, was, it was, was destructive. Yeah. I, I knew something was massively wrong, but I had to question myself because I was involved for about 14, 15 months. Wow. And deep, deep, deep. I got deep into this, this church, this weird place in downtown Troy, New York. And I remember as I was getting out of it, I was like, how, what was so alluring about that? Right. You, know? you, you start to wonder. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and what it was, the reason I was leaving, I can remember thinking, I want to move on with my life. Like, and then that juxtaposed the thought of, oh, a cult is, because I knew it was a cult then when I got right. out. Um, a cult is really a distraction, like a massive, massive set of illusions that the cultists believe in so that you don't have to deal with jobs, kids, the grayness of life, the difficulty of being a human. Also the elation of being a human, because what a cult does is it knocks that down. So right. it gets rid of the elation. It, it gets, it, it distracts you from the misery and sort of isolates you in buildings and with a certain group of people. And it makes your life very small, yeah. right? And what it does is it takes risk away 
or seemingly seemingly does. right but what it does is it just trades one set of risks for another and that is the risks of insulating your life into this small place has an equal amount if not increasing amounts of misery but you don't know that because it's all illusory it's all this talk and ritual and and you're so caught up in all the fucking bullshit Right. That you're not seeing that your life is slowly being pulled away from you and slowly you're, you're you lose your individuality. Yes. Your autonomy, your ability to choose newness, vibrancy, um, you know, the, the, where life is the most exciting is in the unknown, right? Right. Putting yourself out there. Yeah. Doing new things, meeting new people. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. It's, it, there's a certain fear associated with being an individual and being your own person. There's so much responsibility to that. Yeah, people that are the, terrified of that. Right. That the allure is that somehow, some way, if I join this group of people, I I I won't I won't be alone. I won't be alone in my own mind. And that is an illusion because you always are. We talk about it all the time about autonomy. You're always alone in your own mind. And ultimately, your decision point. making happens within your own mind. But if you acquiesce to a larger group, a collective, and we can see that on a grand scale around the world, right? Oh, if you, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you acquiesce to a collective, then yeah. you don't have you're, – you're basically saying, I don't want the responsibility of making choices for myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you do that – Boy, do things get really miserable. But the thing about cults is, the thing about the cult of recovery, as an example, it's wrapped in this compassionate yes. uh, victimhood. Yes. And that is, you're broken, and we're all broken together. Right. And you, you know? can't really make sound decisions for yourself because you're broken. Exactly. So you need to let us, the collective, make decisions for you or someone else outside of you tell you what to choose, what to do, where to go, who to talk to, what job you can have. I mean, it, get married, get out of a relationship, exactly. get divorced. They tell you everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so what, uh, this person that brought this topic up, I totally get it. It's, it's, when you're part of that, there's a certain comfort and feeling of belonging when you're in it and feeling like you're part of, you know, it's kind of like when you're in high school and you get part of the in the in crowd, right? When you're a girl, the in crowd are usually a bunch of mean girls. You know, we call them mean girls because they walk around and they think, you know, they're kind of their noses are in the air and they're, everybody wants to be part of that group. Because if you're part of that group, then you've made it, right? And and AA's kind of become that in our culture, where where it's kind of the mean girls, yeah. You know, like like if because if you are part of that in group and you say the right things, especially Hollywood is filled with this. You say the right things, you go to the right parties. You, um, you do the right kind of volunteer work. Um, you have the right opinions politically. You, I mean, there's all of these things and you're part of that in group. 
for a lot of people, that's their definition of happiness in their lives. Um, but you give up so much to be part of it. Yeah. So, so let's go right to the, the real heart of the matter. And, and I was just writing some notes here. I wrote the three attributes of the human psyche, right? The soul, the mind, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's autonomy, yep. free will and positive drive principle. Now, when you, when you really begin to understand that you are completely autonomous, even if you're in a cult, even if you're hanging on to the nostalgia, as this person put it, of being a part of this clandestine special organization that makes you special, makes you feel good. Ultimately, it's still your autonomy, your own mind deciding to give yes. permission to give away your rights. It is. To, to say, I want people to make decisions for me. It's communism. Communism is the same way. It's please have a, a nameless, faceless government, which is just a group of people, make decisions for me. Yep. Because and I'll give away most of my income so that you, I don't have to think for myself anymore. And, and we, there are all kinds of cults. The recovery society is just a massive one where we give away our rights now. So you're using your autonomy to give away your rights. Right. And what do you give away? You give away your free will. You say, no, I don't want my free will. Now, this is what's interesting. With your autonomy and your free will, you're choosing, you're using free will to choose to be imprisoned by others. Uh, there's a song about this. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, free will by Rush. That's so, right. Mm -hmm. So even by not choosing, you're choosing, right? Exactly. And you're using your positive drive principle because you think your pursuit of happiness is, please lead me. Yes. And now, and that's okay. It is. It is if that's what you we're not, choose. We're not bashing it. The question is the part I would bash, though, is when you do that, you are at the mercy of the cult ethos. Yes. The, the cult ethos is just human beings because there are other thinking creatures involved. So you're involving other thinking creatures that have their own agendas, their own personal agendas, and some of them have the agenda of power, which makes them happy. So now you're in a position where you're saying, yes, I want the powerful to take over my autonomy, tell me what to do and live my life that way. You are using your free will that way. They're using their free will. And that might be a free exchange. That's what AA was banking on. And there are a group of 2 million people every day that say, yes, I want that to happen to me. Yep. But then there's 95% that eventually say, I don't want that because autonomy is so powerful. Our positive drive is so powerful and our free will, the ability to choose is so inherently natural that we grow past cults. That's why cults don't take over the world. They do sometimes for a period of time. The globalists right now want to take over the world. That's just the, the agenda of the economic globalists. Okay. You know, will that last forever if it takes over? No, it won't. You'll have rebellion. You'll have revolutions. You have all these things. And we see it happen over and over and over. People don't like to be led. Eventually, they get tired of that. Right, right. Well, not. And that's AA. I mean, even in the, in the, the confines of a marriage, right? When you think of just, or a family of four or five people. I mean, when you think of all the different ideas and and values and um opinions and beliefs i mean even in the in a, in a small family you get 
diverse um, opinions and conflict. So now when you, when you, as you make that on a larger level, of course, you're going to have people that disagree. And, but in the confines of a cult, you're not allowed to disagree with the belief system of the cult. And when the belief system of the cult, like with AA is so wrong, right? It's, it's all predicated on this idea that alcohol and drugs are powerful entities hell bent on our destruction and that we are broken, powerless beings when it comes to these substances. Um, when it's the, the premise is so very wrong and there is mounds of evidence that shows that it's wrong. If you have a dissenting opinion, well, you don't fit. Yeah. You know, you're ostracized. If you, even if, even if, if you start to quit, even if you like have a small question like, well, wait a minute, if I can choose just not to drink and go to meetings, then why do I need meetings? Like that's a valid question by a, by a, not even a deeply thinking person, but just a surface thinking person would ask that question. Um, I asked that question. I didn't think of myself as a deep thinker. I wasn't overly analytical. Um, and, and boy, you ask that question in a meeting and people get angry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the question that this person brought up. So nostalgia, right? There's this, this desire that some people have to be a part of a big, a big organization or just get lost in numbers and feel warm there. Right. Yeah. In the glow of other people's, um, presence and you feel less lonely. I understand. Oh that. God, I do too. I understand that. But here's something that's really wild. So what is the freedom model? You know, we're talking about this recovery cult thing and what is the freedom model? The freedom model is the, and this is awesome, is the acceptance of what is real and what is real is what is inside of you, what you're born with. And it's undeniable. It's inherent and it's inescapable. And that is your positive drive, your autonomy, and your free will. You are a thinking, because you're thinking right now, listening to this, uh, you're a thinking, choosing creature. And you choose based on what you personally like. So when you recognize this, if you concentrate on the knowledge that, yes, this these are the attributes that make me very unique. As a matter of fact, it makes you so unique. There will never be anybody with the same thoughts that you have ever in the history or in the future of mankind or any creature in the universe. You are it. You get to think anything you want and nobody can replicate that. That inherent quality of being human protects you from all tyranny. And it doesn't matter what kind of tyranny. Let me give you an example of some tyranny. Go to the doctor, have a pain, and have them downplay it and shame you. Hmm. You want to feel like shit? You want to feel embarrassed and hurt and feel like crying as a grown man? Have a doctor in your weakened state, vulnerable, shame you, and make you feel like you shouldn't have pain or that you've done something that caused it, and they treat you like shit. So- at that point, you have the ability to say, no, 
you know, I'm not going to feel that way. I'm going to feel a different way. I'm going to get a different doctor. I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to, you know, it, it protects us. It protects us. You could, you could be in Auschwitz like Viktor Frankl and say, I get to choose my meaning today in this hellish world. Right. So we, and we discussed some of this in our previous podcast last week, but our bodies can be manipulated, but our minds can't be without our express consent. That's right. I can think anything I want. If somebody says, I think this is a great political idea, whatever it might be, I can say that's fucking nonsense. <laughs> or I can agree, or I can actually agree, but in my mind, disagree. Well, right, we do, right. We you could just, all. right, pay lip service. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so, so we have this power that is infinite within our mind. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Now, if you want to look at AA and you've left it and there's that period of sort of wandering in the desert, like yeah, Moses. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're not a part backwards. of something. Yeah, you're looking backwards. Now, if you if you ever read uh, Exodus and Genesis and, and those books in the Bible, it's basically the metaphor of life where you go out into a difficult place of change. Yes. And then you're wandering and you start looking back going, God, it was so much better back there. You know, uh, an ex-girlfriend, you, you have this terrible relationship and then you look back and you only see the good and you go back and it's terrible again. You're like, wow. High I, school. Yeah. <laughs> high school. Yes. Yes. I mean, going from, from leaving, you know, a relatively small high school. You know, I, I, for me, I thought my high school was small. I graduated with 250 people and then I went away to college and my two roommates each respectively graduated from high schools. One had, uh, she went to a small Catholic high school. She graduated with 30 people. And the other one went to a, a school where she graduated with 30 people, but it was a public school, not too far from here. Uh, that was <laughs> Richmondville high school yeah. before they, they merged with Cobleskill. And, uh, and I thought, oh, I guess my high school is pretty big. But when you do that, you're like, you're as, as difficult as high school is, you're still leaving something. I mean, I, I went to the same school since third grade. So you're still leaving something that was, um, that you were a part of. And as awful as it may have been, you know, there was things about it that I missed. Yeah. Right. And then, then you go to college. I went to college. I was at the same college in the same town for four years. I didn't finish college there. Um, but I had become part of that community too. And, you know, college was some of the most difficult years of my life. I was a train wreck, but there was parts of that that I felt nostalgic about that. I was like, wow, I do miss this and this and this. So I totally do understand, you know, we spent, I mean, really, for all intents and purposes, I Mark and I met in in AA, um, and and we spent a decade of our lives there. Really, like like the first few years, fully invested in it. Um, you know, we we did all kinds of service work together. He and I. Um, we, I mean, it just. I mean, there's a lot of. A lot of trauma, but there's a lot of, there was fun stuff too. Well, here's what's interesting about this is the positive drive. When we think the positive drive, when it looks in the past, when you look in your mind's eye at memories, it will, it, as time goes on, it will discount and forget pain. Mm. Okay. Now, when the positive drive is used in the future, 
It will also discount pain. You'll see maybe the consequences of that decision, the consequence, what is the trade-off there? And you'll navigate forward and you'll navigate based on the positive drive and you'll experience things, some good, some bad. And then you kind of navigate like a pinball, right? You're just kind of cruising through, figuring things out. Now, the positive drive is designed to find your happiest route, your happier route in every given moment, which makes it so that you avert a lot of disaster. But you also may land in some disaster, learn from it, and then move forward. But regardless of all of that, as you're moving forward, when you hit something that's hard, it's natural with your positive drive to turn around and want comfort. The comfort of the known. So that's why we turn around and we start looking at the past again. That's nostalgia. Nostalgia is the past minus the negativity. Right. You discount it. And then you say there was comfort there. You want to know why? Because it's known. There may have been no comfort there. You may have been a beaten wife. You may have had a husband who who was hurting your children. You may have had a terrible boss at work. Your life might have been in the can. But as you look forward, because the unknown may be scarier than the known pain of the past, which is nostalgia, and it will discount that pain in the past, and it will find all the nuggets of what he did love me a little bit. Maybe I should go. Well, yeah, you look at the, you know, that you look at the things that you were getting. It is the same thing. Like I look at leaving the recovery, the cult of AA. I look at leaving it much the same way I looked at leaving my lifestyle of heavy drinking and drug using. Um, because there was a lot of good times when I was drinking and drugging heavily too. I mean, there were things about it that were comforting. There was, I mean, I found comfort wallowing in self-pity for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. This is this is where this is really important because as we move forward, it's really important to not indulge in the past. Right. So that's what I'm getting to. When you when you start feeling nostalgic. Take it for what it is. There are yeah, wonderful good memories. memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I hang on to some of the most wonderful things. When I go on my motorcycle, sometimes I'll go through my old town and in mm-hmm. the countryside and I'll feel those feelings and smell those smells. And it's, yes. really, it's really awesome. But I don't spend much time there. No. You know, because I, I immediately, then I start remembering the bad shit and, and then it starts getting a little ugly and then I get out, yep. you know, and I, I focus on the future. Now, the second part of this, I'm sorry to be rambling so much, no, but there's it's so good. much here. Um, when you switch your mind from nostalgia and you say, okay, I'm going to hold on to the good thoughts. And then you move forward in your day and you're changing your life. Every moment in the future is change. So the question is, are you going to leverage your positive drive principle, your free will, you know, and, and, and autonomy? Are you going to leverage that by being totally aware of I have these massive miraculous capabilities to look at a happier option in my future. And if you're aware of that and you're constantly thinking, I have this ability to build a future in the next moment and the next moment and the Mm -hmm. next moment. And then, but don't get too far out ahead. They say don't project, but the point is you can plan, but live in the moment. So there's this weird thing that I call ratcheting. You look, you plan forward, you ratchet back to the present, you live it. You do a task that's going to get you to there and then you ratchet forward again and then you come back to the present because a lot of times if you live in the future, it gets a little bit hairy carry and then, and then you're not living in the moment and large spans of time well, will you, exist. You miss, yes. right. You, you'll yes. miss the, the wonderful things in the present moment 
if you're only focused on, on, you know, you see that with people, Mark and I both have kind of this, this way of trying to do everything all at once to, to <laughs> yeah. get us forward. Yeah. I'm crazy and, that way. Yeah. And, and so we always have to kind of keep ourselves in the present because, because we, we are excited. I mean, you can be excited about the future, um, but, but don't miss out, you know, especially when you're raising children. That's uh, so true. You know, because so I like my, you know, a lot when your children are young, I, I used to drag my boys to church on Sundays and when they were really young and, and then I put them in Catholic school. Cause I was like, I don't have to drag them to church every Sunday, but, but when they were really young and I can remember it, I would stress out so bad um, when, you know, when I had a toddler and a preschooler and I, I would bring them outside and I can remember this one man would, would just, just love seeing my kids there. And, and he would say, you're going to miss this someday. And I'm like, you want to make a bet, you know, but, but it's true. It is true. It, it really is true. Is true. And, yep. and the moment you might be thinking, I can't wait till they're this age or this age or this age, or, and I, I can't wait till this happens or that happens. And then you get there and you realize you missed out on, on the journey itself is, is remarkable. Yeah. Well, it's everything. It's really everything because when do you experience something for real? Yeah. Is in that moment, right? It's in these little spaces in time that are in a day, you yes. know? So if you concentrate, so like I said, ratchet, I have a plan, but I bring my mind back and I say, what can I do today in my sphere of influence to make my life good? That is the use. That is the, the awareness of your three positive attributes. And my God, it's powerful because your life will change. And then every once in a while, delve into a little nostalgia, but don't let there be self-pity. Right. Or guilt and shame because you can't change the past. It's gone. And, 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 and don't let there be like glamorizing, like uh, yeah. being a part of AA, right? I mean, I, I, we, we went through the different shows. I won't, I really struggle to watch any like I'll get into a TV show. I'm, I've never been a huge TV watcher. I'm a little bit more so as I'm older now, but, but like I, I will get into a show and without fail, it'll be a show. I really like shameless is a show. I loved shameless. The minute it became all about lip being an AA, I haven't watched since I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't like the glamorization of this cult that, honestly enslaves people yeah, um needlessly yeah. and and destroys families i've watched it happen I, I they they feed people lies to keep them stuck and so i'm I, I can't watch it i mean even a show mom the show mom i love allison janney and everything she's ever done and that show a terrible terrible show that like kind of mocks i mean some people that that even that follow us are like it's kind of a good show cuz it kind of mocks aa in a way but it glamorizes it it glamorizes being part of this cult and having your child follow you into the cult which is exactly what happened to mark and i yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, bad stuff bad, bad things stuff. so so when when um this woman that that emailed us she's like you know Doing the freedom model takes real courage. 
while going against what is the accepted narrative always takes courage. I, I think it does, but I think once you once you're out, you're out, and then the courage is this living thing, your life. Yeah, it's called the thing I was talking about with ratcheting. It's it's making a plan and then living your life accordingly, right? And but if you're aware that you were built to do this, that yes. you were literally created to create something, and and really what you were created to do is just be happier and figure it out for yourself. Yeah, you, know, you don't there's no rules. There's no there's no fairness. There's no rules. There's no there's no uh set thing. There's no plan. It's just you making decisions and then seeing what it feels like. And and it's okay to fuck it all up sometimes too. Cuz yeah. I I do still to this day and it's really okay. Just be nice to yourself. Do you know, it's it's one of those things where if you f ever feel like you're out there all alone, right? You're like, I'm the only one that thinks this way. Well, you're not. There's what's called the silent majority. And the vast majority of people, I mean, if you realize that uh, tens of millions of people are, are sent to AA every day and a very teeny tiny percentage stick it out there. Like it's very, very small. And the rest of us are all just trying to figure it out and do things on our own. Most people aren't involved in cults. Okay. And, and so while it may appear that way because the media is all about it and the misinformation is cultural now in, in the Western culture, um, really the vast majority of people still don't buy in. That's right. They don't. That's right. And so you can take heart in knowing that you're part of a much larger group of autonomous people just figuring it out, figuring life out. <laughs> and it's, it's really great. So it's, I always think it's an irony when, when people want to, it's usually it's, it's cult members who want, who criticize AA or people who are trying to leave the cult who look at AA, they go, you're, you're, you're telling people that they have to think like you too. And it's like, nope. Yeah, the freedom model does does the opposite. It's, it's the telling opposite. you you're completely independent. Yeah, all we're giving is information that's based on research that shows that every single person in the end that solves their substance use problem does it the exact same way. Right, which is they just change their mind or change their preference. They change their mind about substances. They change their mind about themselves and about addiction in general. You know, they realize, oh, oh, I'm in charge. I get to decide what I'm doing and not doing. And once you realize that, you're totally free. Yep, exactly. So I think I think we've covered it. Yep, and just watch all the commercials. We have a lot of different products and services for people, a lot of new things coming up. And each podcast, there may be a new commercial. Um, and uh, Yeah, we're going to yeah. try and switch them up a little bit. Um, so this is coming out. Uh, this is coming out next week, right around Memorial Day. So I hope everybody has or had a happy Memorial Day. I think it's coming out right before Memorial Day. Our next Families Moving Past Addiction Masterclass is June 1st, 2023, depending on when you're listening to this. But if, if you're listening to this and it's after June 1st, check our website, thefreedommodel.org, do for the family tab and go to family masterclass. You'll see the dates there. We're doing these just about uh, three or four times a month now, usually on a Thursday at noontime. And we're, we're adding a couple new products. Can we talk about them for yeah. a second? Okay. So 
but our very first one day family workshop, Freedom Model for the Family Workshop will be on June 9th. And then we'll have another one. We have another one scheduled for June 23rd. People, you can fly in or drive in to Albany, New York, and you're with Mark and I for an entire day. We're limiting it to four families. And by families, we mean two people per family. If you want, it can be a single person. It can be a single person. Um, and we're in a small like boardroom type, type, place in this right now, the ones we have scheduled are at the century house in Latham, which is a beautiful historic hotel, um, here in, I mean, it's very scenic right now and upstate New York is beautiful. Um, and, and it's close enough to the airport, you know, where you can Uber, it's very inexpensive. And that's Albany international airport. Yep. And, um, I mean, it's, we're going to teach families how to deal with a loved one that has an addiction, but also how to become happier themselves, how to let go of guilt and shame and, and move forward with your life. Yeah. It basically expands on the concepts in the masterclass. We're going to debunk all, I mean, we have a whole day. We're going to debunk all as many myths as we can during that day. Nine myths. Actually we go through. <laughs> it's a very intensive workshop. And then, um, and the, the last like third of the day will be reserved for private meetings, um, with Mark and I to, to figure out, to really help people get a, a firm plan of action moving forward as they leave and move on with their lives so that they can solve this problem for good for themselves. Um, and, and just move on with your lives and shed that, leave that guilt, shame, all of the fear behind you. Pain, resentment, anger, mm -hmm. all of it. So, and then, this is very exciting. Um, a huge vetting process for this, but we are in the works right now working on a one-day Jumpstart to Freedom workshop for the substance user. Um, and uh, we'll have more information on that to come. The first one's going to be in July. Uh, but, but if that's something you're interested in, my recommendation to you, um, watch as many videos, listen to as many podcasts, read the book, do as much as you can first. Um, because, because that they, it's a lot to cover in a day. Yeah. Uh, you want, you want to have at least a really good background. We're also going to vet the people. There's, that's going to be limited to be four requirements. people. Yep. Yep. So, um, when you, there's going to be an application, you, you're going to have to tell us why you want to come to this. Uh, we want you to be successful. You know, if you're coming in straight off the street, we probably wouldn't accept you because, right. because we couldn't possibly help you understand everything we're going to cover in one day. You have to have a really good knowledge already. Yeah. You already have to, model. right. You've already have to be working towards freedom. That's right. Okay. So, so nobody that needs detox, uh, we've done all this before, you yeah. know, with the residential. Um, our goal now is to help people to take that last step to freedom. And, and as much as we say it's a jump start, it really is a jump start to freedom. Right. So if you're if you've been working through the freedom model for a period of time and you're you have a couple concepts you're not quite sure of, you're still kind of struggling um, with some binge using and things like that. You might be a good candidate for this for this one day intensive workshop. The, it, the same thing will apply. The last third of the day is reserved for private meetings with Mark and I. So all of this will be on the on the freedommodel.org. 
just look for it in the next 30 days. Yeah. Um, the application will be there. All the, all the stuff will be there. Um, and uh, the tabs are going to get uh, renewed with all the different products and, and services. Yeah. Pay, the, keep checking out the website, thefreedommodel.org. Uh, we're very excited about being yeah. able to offer these new products. It's stuff that people have been asking for for five years now. And, yeah. and we've been developing and developing. And this is going to be pretty epic. It is. It is. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to all our listeners. If you like our podcast, wherever you listen, give us five-star rating. That helps us reach more people. That's right. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Are you struggling with a drug or alcohol problem, but you don't want to go to rehab or group meetings? Well, that's why we created the non-12-step Freedom Model Coaching Program in 2011. Through video conferencing on Zoom or Skype, you can work privately with a certified Freedom Model Coach from your home or office on your schedule. And here's the best part. With the Freedom Model, you'll never be labeled an addict or an alcoholic, and we won't tell you to go to 12-step meetings or hamper your life with endless recovery rituals. Instead, you can learn exactly why addiction isn't a disease and how you can solve the problem for good and move on with your life. Do you want to be completely free from your addiction? Do you want to never have to attend meetings, rehabs, or addiction counseling ever again? And do you want to solve your problem from the comfort of home? Then call us at 888-424-2626 to talk with a Freedom Model coach today and experience the Freedom Model difference.